Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to the year 2024 and comic book nation. This is our weird in-between episode, the end of season five, the beginning of season six. We are like the Ant-Man of our show right now, right? The end of one phase, the beginning of another. So to round out the year and begin the next year, if you are hearing this, then uh, hopefully you made it into a safe and happy new year start welcome to 2024 we are comic book nation the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com and with me today i have my regular lineup of co-hosts there is matthew aguilar what's up everybody janelle wheeler hello hello and mr connor casey what up so, guys, we decided to do it uh, kind of a fun way this year. We're doing a round robin where we are each taking our top five things we are excited for this year and revealing them round robin style. So we will go around and each of us will reveal our number five, our number four, three, two. You get the idea. And uh, this can cover – we are a show that covers all things geek culture. We are not kidding about that. So this can be anything from movies, TV, gaming – uh comic books anime snacks if people are crazy enough like it could be a lot of stuff so i'm eager to see what each of my co-host picks and to be reminded of what i picked i always love that part of the game without further ado subscribe to comic book nation if you are just getting into the show now we release bonus episodes hitting all the biggest content in geek culture and we would love for you to join us. So subscribe on our YouTube page and subscribe on platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All right, guys. Most anticipated. Oh, my God. Anticipate. Okay. So most anticipated <laughs> of 2024. Let's go. We start. It's going to be alphabetical order. So let's start with Mr. Connor Casey's number five pick. What are you going with, buddy? Number five is The Penguin Season 1. I need some more of The Batman in my life. And while we all patiently wait for James Gunn and the DCU and what that winds up being, I'm still hyped about this one. What What's come out about what they want to do with Batman 2, whether or not it's true, which villains are going to show up, I want to see Gotham get crazier in between what how the first Batman ended versus what we're going to get to in the sequels. And I really hope that this is used as the bridge 
to get us from, hey, it's the hardened, dark, noir stuff to the absolute craziness that Gotham always devolves into the more you get into the more sci-fi type villains. Your Mr. Freezes, your Clayfaces, your Rachel Ghouls with his immortality. And I want to see how does a city turn out like that? And what better way to do it than with Colin Farrell in a fat suit and uh, trying to take over Gotham crime? All right. Love okay. It. Love it. Amazing. Janelle, we move on to you. What was your number five pick for most anticipated? So my most anticipated is actually something that completely shocked me that was even being made to begin with. Um, there is an awesome video game called Fallout, which is just one of my favorites. I think it's such a well-done game. It's kind of about the apocalypse um, and like the post-apocalyptic, like 200 years later when you come out of the bunker and uh, the world has done a lot of weird things. It's gotten violent and techy, but like it's steampunky. It's very, very interesting. I, I cannot wait to see this TV show. Um, it is from the creators of Westworld from what I read, which gives me a ton of hope because Westworld was one of my favorite shows for quite some time. Um, and I, if you don't know anything about this video game, I cannot wait to like get that take. Like, I kind of want to know what the people who have no idea what this video game is about, because in the game, it's kind of funny. It's cheeky. Right. But like, I would imagine it's going to be a very serious show. I don't know how they would like come across like in a post-apocalyptic like as, oh, this is hilarious. Like everything's dead. Um, this dog has five heads. Like, um, so I'm very excited. I'm, I'm so excited. I actually like, this is my sleeper hit. Like I, I have really high hopes. I hope they do a good job with it. Okay, Janelle. Good job cooking on that. And uh, producer Peter is saying we can cook a little bit more with these in first rounds of picks. Because apparently we we all kind of start to kind of come together. It's been an early spoiler, but we're going to see. It says interesting things about this year. Moving on to my number five pick. I actually went to the world of comics and I picked Ultimate Spider-Man. Jonathan Ooh. Hickman is giving us a new Ultimate Spider-Man series. And this is part of a larger discussion that started in 2023 and is going to be kind of continuing into 2024, which is how Spider-Man is like one of the it's, it's at its best, the Spider-Man franchise right now, except in one area which is the comics. Spider-Man's cooking on all fronts. You know, you got, you've got the Spider-Verse movies killing it at the box office. You've got Spider-Man 2 coming out this past year and really killing it on the games for both Peter Parker and Miles Morales. You know, we've even got new MCU Spider-Man animated series coming next year. But sure. the Spider-Man comics have been very divisive. And so the news that... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, producer Peter says, and in the Spider-Man comics, you have Paul, which I is Paul, and we all hate Paul. Don't worry about it. Um, but one of the best. So there's this kind of perfect thing that's happening here, right? Like Spider-Man comics need revitalization. We we all agree with that. And 
for us, one of the biggest things we've been talking about is next year we'll also see the relaunch of X-Men after the Krakoa era started by Jonathan Hickman, which was a pivotal thing for this show because one of the things that helped us find our way was getting into weekly discussions about the launch of House of X through House of X and Powers of X or Powers of Ten. And that helped launch this show and, and our kind of focus on comics. It was a popular discussion. And so Hickman kind of left X-Men behind and he was just teasing. He was working on one Marvel hero he never thought he would. And it turns out it's Spider-Man. So we're getting Ultimate Spider-Man back. We're getting a relaunch under Hickman, no less. And it's finally doing something that a lot of fans have wanted to see happen, which is we are getting a new story where because of the things we had to sloth through this year in Ultimate Invasion <laughs> series, uh, basically the Ultimate Universe is getting a reboot, but under different ways. And in this version of the story, because of the maker, Peter Parker does not get his powers until later in life. And so this is going to be Peter Parker as Spider-Man when he is married to Mary Jane, has a couple kids, and a whole new way to kind of examine Spider-Man. So. I am on board for this. Ultimate Spider-Man's relaunch was one of the biggest things that happened in comics in the 2000s. And one of the most successful relaunches of, of Spider-Man and just storytelling arcs. Those, the whole kind of Bendis, Bagley run with that was just such an I kind of way of really making Spider-Man pure in a way again. Where it had gotten convoluted and really bringing kind of our love back to Peter Parker eventually leading to the introduction of Miles Morales and, and did all this stuff. So I am really interested to see if we can't get Spider-Man back to a place of comic book, like just overwhelmingly beloved and mainstream comic book attention, which he has not really had in years. Um, we've seen it happen this year in the DC side, like Bat. we were just talking about the Trinity of DC Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, all cooking in new ways that are so fresh and exciting on the comic book page right now. I'd love to see Spider-Man be there too. So that's my number five pick for most anticipated 2024. Matt, over to you. Yeah, I got to say uh, all three of those were fantastic picks. Uh, I'm excited for all of them. <laughs> so uh, very much. And for me, uh, it's Ooh. Creature Commandos. Uh, I am... You know, I'm look, it's it's at this point, I feel like it's actually kind of happened naturally during the like flow of the show from when we started. Like, I've just kind of become more and more of a DC fan over the course of this five years, <laughs> five years. And uh, I'm very excited for this new era. And, you know, while Superman Legacy is obviously the tentpole that really kicks off the universe and establishes so many things, Creature Commandos is our first kind of step into that world. Also, it's known that I adore the weird characters of comic universes. Uh, and this this team is like, look, they got Frankenstein on this team, okay? I am so excited. Uh, GI Robot, like some of these weird weasels here. I, you know, yes, it's got the like Amanda Waller rapper, which has kind of, you know, become a little formulaic for me. But everything else about it is so wonderfully, it, it can be so wonderfully quirky, especially with, uh, James Gunn as you know leading this and really it feels like a in a lot of ways kind of a passion project for him uh, I, I there's there's just so much plus I'm I'm a sucker for animation 
and having all of that paired we we've seen what gun can do in live action we know that he's this team lends itself to kind of that um you know some kind of off the wall antics some brutality there some unexpected surprises so i i am excited for this i i feel like this is this has all the <laughs> chance in the world to get this next era off to a fun start and i'm i'm excited for that to begin so that's me i think also like yeah I, i'm very interested why it, that they're starting back in a period of like world war ii and with this selection of characters who can touch into so many other things that could come afterwards and i'm i'm really keeping an eye on this one though i did not put it on my list i will admit that up front no i mean spoilers but uh yeah, it's good to see uh, you repping. Otherwise, we would have gotten shredded by DC fans. So, good job, Matt. And uh, back around to Connor Casey for his number four pick. Number four, I will be shocked if this makes it onto anybody else's list. It has been Hotel coming out on Amazon Prime here next month. If you have watched anything animated on YouTube in the past four years or so, this has probably been recommended to you by youtube's algorithm it's the original <laughs> pilot dropped in 2019 it's got almost 100 million views right now uh it by just the pilot alone managed to spin out this massive fandom of different music fan art uh a separate show that spun off from it from the same creator vivian madrano and uh, but has been hotel had always been kind of stuck in development hell where it was hey this is getting picked up for an actual show and then we just didn't hear about anything of it for years so then it's spinoff hell of a boss became its own thing it's two seasons deep it's excellent i would thoroughly recommend it to anybody it's very different from anything else i typically talk about on this show but i really recommend you go watch that show by itself i'm curious to see what this looks like when you have a budget when you have create a, a, a writer's room you have producers you have a full creative team behind it because up until this point we've seen this one very talented very creative person make basically all of this so now i want to see what the big budget version of that looks like you've got some names on the cast list stephanie beatriz is the obvious standout but then you've got voiceover stalwarts like keith david popping up in there um, I this one comes out next month on Amazon. I really hope it does well, and I hope that Hell of a Boss goes a similar route where it gets bumped up to the big time and not just staying on YouTube. So give this one a look. Okay, thank you, Connor. That was an unexpected pick. All right, I like it. Now we're cooking. Now we're learning stuff. This is what the show's all about. Not wrong about the algorithm either, because it's hit me. I've seen so many <laughs> versions. You, of you the cannot escape that pilot. Like no. I went years. No, before I've seen it. I've seen on. it. I've never watched it, but I've seen it pop up because I was, was like, "What are you trying to show me? Yeah. You trying to get me to stay at a hotel? What are you trying to do here?" Uh -huh. All right. Oh boy, now I gotta watch this. Hey, this is what the show does. All right, it, Janelle. It's, it's weird. It, it gets it gets crazy. <laughs> oh boy. All right, Janelle. What do you have for number four? Sure. Speaking of unexpected picks, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I am really excited about The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live. This is a six episode special. Um, I guess I should start with this. If I always say this in case we have new listeners, but the way that I started with comicbook.com was my super fandom of The Walking Dead. So um, that pretty much was like my foot in the door as the first comic book I read. And I was, I was like an uber super fan. 
I will say that even after like the being my first comic, being just madly in love with these characters, being a just uber super fan, and even hosting a show with comic book about The Walking Dead, I fell off. Um, I definitely stopped really feeling invested in the show at all. Um, once they killed off Glenn, it, it was a big hit for me. But then, you know, losing Rick Grimes, like, I mean, he is the lead of the show. It really kind of took the magic out of it for me. And that is when I slowly stopped watching. I will say like Negan was intriguing and, and great, but it was, it was really hard for me to stay with it. So uh, that being said, in these six episodes, we finally get Andrew Lincoln back as Rick Grimes. We get Michonne back. Uh, and it, it's, I feel that like th they have a lot to live up to. They have a lot to bring back for fans like me who kind of fell off. Like this is what is going to get us back into the walking dead universe. So um, it's been five years since Rick died, but we'll obviously see that he isn't dead. And um, I really have no idea where he landed, what he's been up to. I'm not sure if I'm going to be out of the loop because I haven't continued on watching the other spinoffs as well as the actual like main show finish. Um, I'm just really intrigued with, with how that's all going to be handled and if my expertise from earlier days <laughs> will come into play here. I'm, I have no idea, and that is part of the, the excitement for me. So, uh, yeah, all my Walking Dead fans, I'll definitely be, like, tweeting and hopefully bringing it up on the show and things like that. So, yeah, really excited about Rick Grimes. Man, Walking Dead universe. I like that you guys Carl. are cooking abs out of the box. <laughs> Carl! <laughs> oh man that show man, if they could only bring heyday. shane back like that oh would just man john Bernthal has bigger yeah. better things to do walking dead a... peak, peak shane walking dead was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah shane shaved head shane with a shotgun is is the way to go baby soon we'll all be like that all right going in my number four pick my number four pick uh we're already getting one overlap here does anybody want to guess it is DC's Penguin. So I am with Connor Casey. Um, the more I rewatch the Batman, the more it grows on me because you begin, you know, in our business, it's tough. You know, we, we, we have to follow these films through two years. The Batman was this huge production troubled by COVID. We were all like, are they going to be able to pull, pull this together? So when I feel like when we saw it, we were all just basically examining it to see if it was like going to fail or flop. And I remember that it was just work for us to even get to screen. The film was nuts. And so like it was a lot of things, but the more I rewatch it and the more I kind of look at it again, I've already put it as one of my regular annual Halloween movie viewing viewings. I'll be doing each year, but it set up a whole universe that was interesting. And we've heard already, you know, perspective projects. There's an Arkham project, but this penguin project was the most interesting because Colin Farrell did such a great job in the film. And when we learned what it was going to be, I think, in a, in a, and we do every year, will Marvel or DC have the better year? And the one we did for 2022, at the end, I was kind of, and why I thought DC had done good is because of James Gunn, which ironically, or like I think we did it before when we did it before DC Studios. The point is that James Gunn had made The Suicide Squad and then he made Peacemaker, which was an excellent extension of the movie universe. And I pointed to that and said, like, in some ways, that's better than anything as Marvel is doing with Disney Plus series. 
like Peacemaker actually takes what happened in that film, makes it matter and makes it as the center point of this next story that was also very good. I think the Penguin's going to do the same thing. I think the Penguin is going to take the world in the, in the kind of themes we saw in the Batman and give more depth to them and expand the world of Gotham without us having to, you know, with a, spend time doing that in, a, in the next film, right? Uh, sequels usually do the bigger, better, more scope, but this will flesh out a lot of Gotham for us. And it already looks like prestige viewing. The cast they got is great. Uh, homegirl from How I Met Your Mother being kind of like part of, uh, was she playing the Falcone or is she playing uh, Maroney's daughter? I forget which one. I have to look up the cast, but but um, like, yeah, this cast seems good. The little preview we saw of Colin Farrell in it and like laughing and shooting somebody. We are reading Tom King's Penguin series right now on the comic side and check out the pull list every week. Matthew Aguilar breaking down comics and killing it. But um, that's an excellent series that makes you realize why Oswald Cobblepot the Penguin is such a dangerous and ruthless and crime lord. And I think this show can do the same kind of thing for the character. And so I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be a great extension of Matt Reeves' Batman universe. And it's going to be just bringing DC, bringing that kind of HBO level boardwalk empire, Sopranos kind of crime drama feel to the comic book world, which is something, I mean, we need. We need things in this comic book world that can actually appeal to us more as adults right now. And this feels like it's going to be one. And it feels like one we could actually get to if it's like weekly and have stuff to break down, right. talk about, not just in comic book gossip and like, oh, was that fire? You know, was that Firefly they introduced? But like actually the themes, the deeper stuff of it, like I think we can do actual breakdowns of this. So I'm really looking forward to Penguin. So that's my number four pick. The voice that comes with it is what makes that the best um <laughs> the, the which i gotta say we just watched the batman again uh this past week and man like holds up it's pretty it's really good <laughs> and man i forgot how good his penguin is that is just a transformative like performance from him so i'm very excited for this series i will say like kofi uh i've been so far, I will say, actually, like, none of the things that have been mentioned to this point are on my list, but they're all amazing. And Penguin almost made it. I, I had to debate. Uh, for me, I kind of wanted to, you know, lean into uh, something different for me that I don't get to talk about much. And that's uh, RPGs, because next year is a huge year for RPGs uh, in the video game space. Like, there's actually some amazing titles coming. And one of the ones that kind of popped on the radar uh, earliest was the new game from the um, one of the studios that makes uh, the Persona games. And that new game is Metaphor Refantasio. I hope I am pronouncing that correctly. Uh, that game is, I, I adore, like Persona 5 is just fantastic, regardless of which version you play. And so some of those mechanics are now being moved over into this game, but this game, instead of being set in kind of the modern day and moving over to the surreal world and things like that, uh, this is set like straight up fantasy. And everyone knows that's my bag. <laughs> I love I love fantasy settings. And so, you know, obviously the it's going to be kind of different and, and unique in that the feel of that world and things like that. But still to have some of the fantasy kind of, stalwarts and then also added with the persona like all the social interactions that persona games are known for the calendar the texting back and forth all that stuff that you know those communication methods for those to kind of still 
find some way into this game and then also have the turn-based combat with all of its layered depth and constant like those games are so good at the minute you have your kind of core skill set mastered it adds another wrinkle that kind of changes how you approach everything and then it does it a couple hours later and then it keeps doing it and so it's just that game is so good about iterating on its systems and for now to be set in a fantasy setting and have all those hallmarks that i adore in this gorgeous looking game i cannot wait this is like late 2024 also the great thing about this is that regardless of what system you have you can play so uh no exclusivity here it's on everything so i am i am pumped uh it was hard to narrow it down there's actually like five rpgs i'm super looking forward to next year it was hard to, to narrow it down but this one is definitely high on the list wow you are setting yourself up for uh for a pretty bummed year until the end though there so far buddy I'm good. I'm good. We got more picks. I'm good. All right. So those are our <laughs> picks for number four and five. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, it comes down to everybody's top three most anticipated picks for 2024. Stay tuned for that. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation Season 5's epilogue episode that's taken us into 2024, the most anticipated of 2024. We've already done our picks for number five and number four. Now it's time for the top three. Connor Caser, Connor Caser, Connor Casey, starting with you. What was your number three pick? Connor Caser is here reporting live. Um, number three is Dune 2. Never forget what they took from us, ladies and gentlemen. We were supposed to get that in 2023. We did not. But we're getting it uh, in early 2024. Dune was always seen as a sci-fi property that was unfilmable. Uh, David Lynch kind of proved that. Um, th this is a especially... Once you get into the later books... Uh, I will not have the smirching of David Lynch's Dune. I, yeah, and staying in the mankini, have at it. Um, uh, Dune itself goes into such a weird place after you get past the second book. So the fact that they took the, fir the first book, split it into two movies, gave it to uh, one of my favorite directors, especially in terms of visuals, an unbelievably stacked cast. It led to one of my favorite movies of the year when the first Dune came out. 
I have full confidence Dune 2 will continue that. And if Denis Villeneuve is to be believed, he's going to do Dune Messiah as part three and end it there. And I think if he does, we low-key have one of the best trilogies of the decade, if he can pull it off, if he can land this plane. So show me what you got with part with part two. Do the worm, man, you cowards. Do the worm, man. You have to do the worm, man. Otherwise, you guys are cowards. You we got enough you. worms. Trust me. No, but worm, man. Worm, man. You know, you need the worm, man of it all. If you don't know what I'm talking about, do your Dune Wiki reading because it gets wild. All right. Uh, Janelle, what was your number three pick, please? Yeah, my, my number three is probably kind of confusing for some, so I have to give context. Uh, it's Beetlejuice 2, but it's because the first and original Beetlejuice is one of my favorite movies of all time, so I know I'm biased. Like, I completely understand that. I'm owning it. I, I love Beetlejuice. It, like, shaped my childhood. I was a weird loner kid, um, and I totally aligned with Lydia and I had my gothic stage and like this just it was just like everything to me um so I'm so excited because Tim Burton obviously is coming back if Tim Burton was not involved then I would not be excited at all I'd actually probably be angry um so that that makes me so happy Michael Keaton is gonna be in it um I why know a writer uh Catherine O'Hara is gonna be in it I mean it's it is stacked with all of, of those actors and those characters and hopefully the magic that the original film brought. Um, Jenna Ortega is going to be in the new lead um, of this. She's going to be like the new face of the franchise, and I love her as well. So I think the casting is spectacular, and um, I feel like we just we need something like this. We need weird 80 nostalgic like you know fun vibes um i love that whole situation where it's like creepy but not frightening and it's fun but not like you know marvel like made a silly joke like it it's just it's it's such a great film and i really hope that they can bring the magic for the next I, I'm really hating on Marvel today, aren't I? I'm just like anti-Marvel girl. I love it. Again, it's the giggling. voice. It's just the voice yeah. that accompanies the dig. <laughs> you, guys are getting, you guys are getting production confused. Half the people listening to this are not going to understand what you're talking about. But uh, Kobe is wearing off on uh, me. With, with we recorded two different shows today. But um, all right. Was that your number three pick? Yep. That's my number three. All right. On to me, my number three pick is Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice 2 as well is my Good number three pick. So, yes. um, yeah, I was uh, very much a Beetlejuice kid. Uh, a lot of my uh, romantic choices in life start with Lydia Dietz and hearing the phrase, my whole life is a dark room. And uh, I think uh, my buddy Matt here will know that can see how much that's imprinted on me for the rest of my life. So, uh, yeah, and this is a big deal, Tim. All the things Janelle said, um, plus a couple things. Tim Burton's coming back. He's gotten the core cast back of Lydia, of uh, Winona Ryder, Catherine O'Hara, Michael Keaton. Um, Burton and uh, Jenna Ortega just proved how good of a combination they are doing Wednesday and kind of nailing that down. 
Uh, but you also have in the mix, you have Monica Belushi from the from the Matrix films, the last two Matrix films, as Beetlejuice's wife, which is going to be great. You have William Defoe in this movie, Justin Theroux in this movie. So this is already, I mean, even if the script is absolute trash, it's just like you can put this group of people in a room and just be like, look, you guys cook and you guys figure it out. And you even got Justin Thoreau can scribble some stuff down and fix a scene in the, in, in the moment. There's too much talent here for me not to believe in this project at this point. Like it doesn't feel like an empty cash grab. It feels like people actually coming back for this kind of generational Beetlejuice story. And I'm just curious just to see the kind of uh, Lydia, her stepmom, I forget, I always forget her stepmom's like full name in the movie, but um, just to see Lydia, her stepmom, and then her daughter in that dynamic alone is going to be funny for the modern age. Uh, Delia, uh, Lydia, Delia, and, and Astrid is the name of Ortega's character. So I'm just kind of psyched to see what it is and kind of see, psyched to see like goth stuff in the 80s is what it was then but like what is it now for like ortega's character because it can't be the same kind of goth right so it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out and michael keaton's i'm sure i hope they let him cook because the same kind of way because when you go back and watch beetlejuice he's in a completely different movie he's in a rated r <laughs> raunch comedy long before there were rated r raunch comedies like that and he is just doesn't care he's having fun with it and the older he gets, the wilder Michael Keaton's getting. Like, if nothing else about the Flash, him in an ascot kicking butt with a stunt double as Bruce Wayne is saying weird things over spaghetti is is so much fun, right? Because Michael Keaton's just got that. So that is also my number three pick, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice 2. So, uh, yeah, Janelle, you, you're not too far out there. That is amazing. Also, I got to say, I am I am excited for that because of the Tim Burton and Ortega pairing because I just adored Wednesday. Wednesday is not 2024, right? It is 2025. Otherwise, I should have made my list. <laughs> to not. Yeah. But I think it's 2025 because that yeah, one. I don't I think am. it's 24. It was delayed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm so psyched for season two of that just because of that pairing alone. So I will check out Beetlejuice. I wasn't much of a Beetlejuice person, but I will definitely <gasps> check this out because of this. Because you're not like me. You're not a rebel. Dotty loner. <laughs> so my number three pick uh, is The Witcher, Sirens of the Deep. This is the next uh, animated kind of spinoff of the series. But this one's a little different um, from the previous one, which was very much kind of an anime styled uh, movie. And it also kind of took place in the past. This one also takes place in the past, but not as far back as the previous one. This one is actually set. Uh, in season one, it's set between episodes five and six. Uh, it's based on a little sacrifice. And so you're actually, what's great about this is that number one, it's set kind of during the kind of modern day television show version of The Witcher. So you're going to get that familiar aesthetic, but then also it features the voice of Geralt in The Witcher 3. So it's actually kind of a perfect pairing of like, you know, animation, you get the voice from the game, but you're also set during the TV show. It's kind of like that perfect mix for me. I'm very excited uh, to see what they can do uh, with this story, but also just in general, like that combination is great. I, you know, it's, it's one of those things we talk a lot about uh, The Witcher this year in terms of all the like behind the scenes stuff and the, the cat thing and here and that. And for me, I'm just kind of looking 
kind of like I was looking at the MCU this year as it kind of, you know, ended the year. I'm kind of looking to like, okay, I just want to enjoy the thing I enjoy. And I'm, I think this will kind of nail that for me. It'll be just a way for me to just like enjoy the franchise again without having to get into all the other drama and stuff <laughs> that accompanies the show at this point. So I'm, I'm very excited for this. Uh, the last one, uh, Nightmare of the Wolf, was fantastic. And granted, that's a, you know, it's a, it's a different thing, but I was still very excited for that. So far, they're A plus on the animation. I'm hoping it's the same for this. And uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, we're not going to get, you know, the next season of the core Witcher live action series till 2025. So um, between that and you should definitely go play the next gen update to Witcher 3. Feel like, you know, there's, there's going to be at least some things uh, to play during the year and, and enjoy the franchise. So that's me, number three. Okay, back around to Mr. Connor Casey, and now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of it all. Our top two picks. Connor, go. I feel like this one's going to pop up on a lot of lists. It's <laughs> Deadpool 3. Guys, part of me is dreading superhero media in 2024. Marvel is trying to kind of revamp what they're doing once we get past this run of, admittedly, a pretty decent season of What If, and then it's get into uh, Echo all at once after that it's a question of what the hell does daredevil born again wind up being when it finally crosses the finish line um sony is threatening us with three spider-man spin-off movies and they <laughs> swear to god they're gonna do it and every time it sounds more like a threat um dcu obviously doesn't really pick up until creature commandos at the end of the year and we don't get anything live action until next year outside of the penguin and uh for movies and television as a whole, we're going to feel the pinch of the writers and actors strike going on for such a big chunk of this year. So a lot is riding on Deadpool. And then it's also a question of, are we, are we, how are we bringing in the X-Men? Is this going to be a big revamp? How is this going to, what, what all role is this going to play in the MCU? And to be honest, after the year we just had, I don't care about any of that. I just want a good movie. I just want a good Deadpool movie. Everything else is secondary. And I hope they take that same viewpoint. I'm nervous, but I'm hopeful. Uh, this is one of the rare cases where I went to the Reddits to see what they were saying about this. And uh, if even half of what's out there on the Reddits is, is true, this is going to be a fun movie. Um, and I think you're being too hard though, usually kind of negative. I think the biggest question for 2024 and a lot of comic book fans minds is what did happen in the forest when her mother was researching spiders? It's already <laughs> or the Amazon. When you know, I, I don't know what's worse. The fact that <laughs> beyond the spider verse doesn't have a prayer of coming out next year or that. Madame Webb. I think I'm the only one who actually kind of wants to see that movie. <laughs> I no, I do. I was in here talking about because we heard some of the leaks about that and like the Back to the Future of it all, trying to you know trying to preserve Peter Parker in the womb and all that. The Terminator kind of spin. I was like, I'm down for that. Then I saw the trailer and then I was like, Oh, okay. L less so. Yeah. Look, like I'm going to see Sydney Sweeney in a Julia Carpenter suit. That's that's really what I'm going to do. Okay, so you know Julia Carpenter in live action. I'm very excited. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's not that's Jessica Drew, but it's it's close. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah, We're getting close. That's all I'm. That's all I'm here for. So let's let's just get to it. All right. 
Uh, Janelle, what was your number two pick? Yes, my number two, I feel like we're going to have some people selecting this too, is actually Agatha, the Dark Hole Diaries, which could be renamed something because I keep, they... I keep have they changed it again? I, like, I thought... I thought that was the most recent one. I kept looking it up. So they changed it three times. So regardless, yeah. like, yeah. it's totally understandable. What <laughs> so I don't we'll know what to call it. Call Agatha. <laughs> just you know, just Agatha in general. I'm just give me more Agatha. Uh, like I, I referenced this in our um, you know best of episode. Uh, I this the Loki series on Disney Plus really you know reinvigorated my excitement for uh, Marvel content, especially this specifically this. Um, I loved WandaVision. WandaVision was my you cannot beat show until you know the second um, uh, the second season of Loki. So I am really excited to see Agatha again. I feel like. Because I've been reading more comics, I have a better idea of who this character is. And I'm really excited to see how they portray her um, when, you know, the spotlight is all on Agatha. Um, and this one, I, I, I feel like it's, I'm curious if it's going to be set immediately after WandaVision or it might be a throwback and kind of showing her background story or something. I don't really know what it's going to be. I don't think they've really let on anything about it. So I'm really curious about what direction they will choose to go in. Either way, I think it'll be great. I personally, right now, with that title, it's The Dark Cold Diaries. I, I feel like it will be more like set in past tense stuff, but that's just a, you know, that's my knee-jerk reaction. So I'm excited. Agatha, a show that exists. Amazing. <laughs> All right. Um, on to me. My number two pick asks everybody the question, can you make it epic? And that is Furiosa. So uh, Mad Max Fury Road was one of those things that I was like, can George Miller really come back and do this? I mean, the guy who kind of washed out of Justice League Mortal and then was making, like, what, Penguin penguin movies there for a second? He had happy it? feet. Happy feet, yeah. So I was like, can this man who just does the happy weirdest... really good. Yeah, but, like, the most eclectic, <laughs> like, filmmaker out there, could, could he come back and really do this? And Mad Max Fury Road still blows my mind as, like, it's one of just a handful of movies that I don't argue are they the best, but, like, in terms of telling story cinematically just like perfectly like almost perfect movies just like self-contained from top to bottom and as time goes on they only hold up better like it's up there with like seven for me which is like my favorite movie because of how well that story's told um but yeah fury road is just like an operatic piece with crazy <laughs> hardcore metal thrown into it right um and so getting this prequel is a big deal but it's already giving me some of those chills i know people are saying like the image to that peter has up here on the board where you know anya taylor joy is behind the gate and the flames are coming through but you know what i think from just seeing this first trailer the way it's constructed and brings us back to that same world he kind of built in fury road at an earlier time i think chris hemsworth's character 
and seeing him cooking this is going to be amazing. And that quote already lives rent-free in my head. And when he just looks at it and says, yes, but can you make it epic? And, like, it's just like, oh, man, put that on a shirt. Like, let's go. I can't wait to get back in the theater. And in terms of that, like, Tom Cruise-style things, I'm not going there for franchise connections and all that other stuff. I'm going in there to just be wowed cinematically. This is my, like, biggest hope for that next year um yeah all right so that's my number two pick and uh yeah i can't wait to see some of the things in and just i want more in the mad max universe so let's keep going matt all right uh my number two uh is some synergy with connor casey i have deadpool three and you know i gotta say i i agree wholeheartedly uh with with what you said before i am looking for the and and this has been known. I mean, people who listen to the show and watch the show, number one, thank you for tolerating me. Number two, uh, you know, you've heard me kind of get very tired of the, you know, constant like MCU connections being the only thing anyone's talking about because like the movies just, you know, are kind of not exactly what they, you know, once were at some point. And for me, uh, that's become too much of a focus. I don't really care. <laughs> I want to be entertained by your movie and I want some of those things. I don't care who shows up at point, whatever, and what that means for this. So Deadpool 3, I'm kind of looking for the same thing Connor is. I'm looking for a good movie. I want you to entertain me. I don't, you know, I'm not looking at this to reestablish the, you know, the continuity or the MCU or bring this here. If it does, great. But you know, I just recently like saw the that like ending epilogue scene of the original where like, you know, Ryan is like taking out all of his past, all of his past bad movies and, you know, the Green Lantern script and all that. I want that fun. And I really enjoyed too uh, as well. And I just want, you know, I want those things back. And the fact that Hugh Jackman is number one back in the character but also in costume for the first time that's going to be fun those two have amazing chemistry i'm excited to see that on screen like i just want it to be a fun movie and then if it helps restore some luster great but i just entertain me entertain me is what i is what are I you need. not entertained that's <laughs> what i it's what i need so that's my number two all right guys guys here we go and after all of these things are out, probably at the end of next year, we're going to go back and look at this and oh, yeah, see sure. where how, see what emotional damage was done to everybody by the time we got out of this year. All right, let's go. Number one picks. Connor Casey, set it off. Number one is a thing that hasn't been announced, but by God in heaven, it needs to be. We need a next Nintendo Switch. We need Nintendo's next generation console. Guys, every major tentpole in the massive, ever-expanding Nintendo franchise has had an installment on the Switch. Games that are coming out for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S pop up on the Switch, and they look like the kindergarten version of what's happening in the current gen this thing was underpowered compared to the playstation 4 we're on ps5 now and when you look at the latest direct and they're announcing a remake of thousand year door which didn't really need to be remade god bless them they're doing it i love that they're doing it but that thing still held up from 2004 
a port of Luigi's Mansion 2, not 3, and that Little Princess Peach game, and Mario and Donkey Kong, the latest installment in that handheld series that's been dead for a decade. Every sign from that direct told you they're moving on to the next thing. They're moving on to the next big Nintendo console. Really just hope it's a powered-up Switch. I don't need it to be a fancy new motion control innovation. Just give me more of this, but stronger. And it is time. By every insider report and rumor, we were supposed to get a souped-up version of the Switch, but then COVID hit. Threw a monkey wrench into everything. Now it's time. This thing is coming up on, I believe, eight years now, which is longer than most Nintendo console life cycles anyway. Bring it on. Okay. Okay. I heard we were getting some outside-the-box picks. I heard we are getting some outside-the-box stuff. I'm I'm curious if this was the one. but Not by that one. Yeah. All right. I want that one. Also, Matthew, you should. I want have that one. for my Kickstarter. I want the new one. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, Kickstarters don't get to be special, like that kind of specific. You better sit back. All right, Janelle, go ahead. What was your number one pick? Yeah. Well, can I can I change mine to Connor's? <laughs> uh, mine is Deadpool. I feel like what has needed to be said has been said, but it is my one most anticipated film of the next year um, and for many reasons that you guys have already chatted about, but I am absolutely tickled about this. I cannot wait to get back into this headspace and this side of Marvel and Deadpool. And I just, I'm absolutely thrilled that this is finally happening. Um, and obviously Wolverine is gonna be just insane. Uh, and yeah, I just think it's gonna be it's going to be incredible. Hopefully. I hope, I hope, I hope Disney doesn't Disneyfy it. Um, and I, I have faith. I have a lot of faith in this film. Please don't let me down guys. <laughs> no, I mean, we know Disney's not going to Disneyfy it. Um, director mm-hmm. Sean Levy, it's already been made clear that like, yeah, this is going to, this is going to get pretty raw. And that's a good segue for my number one pick, which is also Deadpool three. Um, I know I've been hard on the MCU guys, but it's not because I hate the MCU. I started this entire 16 year career of mine doing MCU stuff and literally helping report that into existence by Avengers time. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty deeply invested in the MCU. So I just, like Connor said, I just need good stories again. I need good stories again. I was really psyched and and pleasantly surprised when I heard Hugh Jackman was coming back to do this. We've wanted Wolverine and Deadpool for a long time. We're getting that. Um, You know, there's been this whole thing about the leaks, the Reddit leaks, the script, you know, proposed leaks. I, I hardly ever go into those anymore, but I've been curious about this and I went into it. And like I said earlier, when Connor revealed it as his pick, if even half of what I've heard is true in this, we are in for a good time. Deadpool is that rare thing that has the ability to possibly turn this whole multiverse saga around by not taking itself so seriously and understanding where it is in time and space and how to make this fun while also being possibly one of the biggest significant 
you know, pushers of this whole multiverse event, the incursions, the collapses of universes, if things are getting preserved and saved, rumors of the TVA being involved, like all of that is great. The amount of cameo fun we can have, but treat in the right way. Like don't make them fun asides that don't really, the movie doesn't hinge on this. I want to see Taylor Swift's Dazzler get wiped out of existence. Like, Janelle, you're going to love that when it happens. If she gets, like, suddenly dusted or just spaghettied, like, you know, it's going to be great. Uh, I, the amount of headlines, spin outs, you know, things this is going to generate, talking points, moments, I think is already kind of clear. And Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds have been on a kick of just kicking butt, whether it's Free Guy, which was unexpectedly a great movie. The Adam Project, which was also kind of this Dark Horse great movie. I think this is going to be great. It's going to be funny, foul language, violent. Like, it's going to be just unabashed fun in the MCU again. And it's been a long time since we've had that. Like, God bless Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but that wasn't fun. Like, that was heavy stuff. That was serious stuff in a good way. But it's been a long time since we've had an MCU thing that did something big and comic booky, pushed things ahead, but was also generally a good, entertaining, and fun movie. And I think this one's going to be it. And I can't wait for that because, believe it or not, guys, I am rooting for the MCU to bounce back here. <laughs> All right. Last oh, but me. not least, Matt Aguilar. Right. Take last us out. One. Okay. Number one on uh, my list is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Uh, this is, I, I am so excited. Plus also this is early in 2024. So this will have me good for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, remake was number one. I have such close ties to the final fantasy, like final fantasy seven as a game. Like I, it's, it's like one of the reasons, like I, uh, remember Sears for a video game outlet because literally I bought final fantasy seven at Sears. And I was so excited for us to go get the game. Like I remember all those things. Uh, so it, there's so many memories that final fantasy seven holds for me. So then when they came out with remake a game that fans have been wanting forever, and not only did they knock it out of the park as far as, bringing the graphics and and the combat is such a amazing like kind of step into that modern era but still retaining the elements that we loved about the turn-based style um but they also saw an opportunity to just explore so much more and like remake is so dense compared to just what that part of the story covers and they're going even bigger with rebirth i mean rebirth this era this is like some of the most iconic moments in gaming are set to take place in this. When you think about, you know, I mean, I, I'm, it's not spoilers really for this very old game at this point, but, you know, just to keep it light, you know, one of the most iconic deaths <laughs> in gaming uh, could very well take place here and is set to take place. But will it be the way you remember? They've done so much with the lore and what what is set in stone and what isn't. And I'm just, man, I cannot... I cannot wait. This is going to be so fun. I, I I loved what they did with Remake and the fact that they're going above and beyond for Rebirth and it's going to be even bigger and on a grander scale. I am so excited. I cannot, I cannot wait. So that's my number one pick. All right. There you have it. That is the entire crew. Our top five picks for, or top five most anticipated 
pieces of content or announcements for a game console in 2024. All right, guys, we always have to now cut things up for social. So what we're going to do is when I call out your name, please go back over your list and tell me what you picked from number, say the numbers, say the name of the thing you picked, and do it all in 10 seconds if you can. Connor. Number five is The Penguin. Number four, The Has-Been Hotel series. Number three, Dune Part 2. Number two, Deadpool 3. And number one, Nintendo finally announcing a new console. All right, Janelle Wheeler. <laughs> number five is Fallout. Number four is The Walking Dead with Rick Grimes back in action. Number three is Beetlejuice 2. Number two is whatever iteration of the title of Agatha is. <laughs> and number one is Deadpool. Kofi Outlaw, my number five is the new Ultimate Spider-Man comic series from Jonathan Hickman. Number four is the the Penguin TV series spinoff of The Batman. Number two is Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice 2. Number two is Mad Max prequel Furiosa. And number one is also for me, Deadpool 3. Matt. All right, number five for me is DC's Creature Commandos. Number four is Metaphor Refantasio. Number three is The Witcher Sirens of the Deep. Number two is Deadpool 3. And number one is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. All right, thank you guys for that recap for the socials. This has been our most anticipated of 2024. As we get to the end of next year, we will come back and see how we all feel about our decisions and the choices we made. But as you can see, it's going to be a year of good content and exciting content on all fronts. Luckily, we're a show that covers all things geek culture. We are Comic Book Nation, and there's a whole bunch of stuff we didn't have a chance to mention. Uh, everybody get one honorable mention in, Connor. If you have any honorable mentions you want to mention before we get out? Ooh, honorable mention. Let's go with Will Ospreay debuting in AEW. <laughs> okay, Janelle. I mean, honestly, mine's a penguin. It was really hard not to throw a penguin into my list. I'm like, uh, really mine, excited. Okay, mine is going to be The Boys Season 4, which I think we're going to do an after show for, for Comic Book Nation, so look out for that. And Matt? Oh, man. Uh, uh, you know what? I will say The uh, Return of Law & Order. I am missing my Law & Order shows, <laughs> and all three are coming back early in the year, January 18th, baby. So I'm excited. That's a good point, Matt. Okay, fine. I, my other sleeper hit that we haven't talked about is Doctor Who is back. So ah, there we go. There it is. And that's a great <laughs> note to end on. Everybody, we hope you had a safe and happy new year and that you begin your year off on the good foot. Join us every week, Comic Book Nation. We have our live show with the four of us every Friday, but we have so many spinoffs. We've grown into an entire little podcast universe. So be sure to check out all our different shows, including Matt on the poll list. Janelle probably hitting some other Doctor Who content in this next year. Riptide Radio or Percy Jackson and the Olympians after show with Liam Crowley. Plus a whole lot of bonus episodes whenever there's big news, big trailers, or big new pieces of content that drop. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We will see you on our regular episodes. This is Comic Book Nation. We out of here. Peace. Later. <laughs>